Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, y'all, I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Our Folly, a storytelling podcast. Each episode, we will bring you one new story recorded live at one of our past shows in Los Angeles. Every month, we'll also bring you one bonus episode, a one-on-one interview with a local storytelling all-star to discuss story, folly, and how they both play a role in all of our lives. Each of our live shows is a lineup of four storytellers sharing one true personal story in front of a live audience about the shame and embarrassment of being a human. I'm the host and creator, and if you're ever in the LA area, check out our Facebook page or our website at www.talesofourfolly.com for updates on upcoming event dates and times. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, Spotify, or wherever you download your damn podcasts. If you've got a story you'd like to tell in spoken or written form, email us at talesofourfolly at gmail.com. All right, enough chit chat. On with the folly. So since we're Tales of Our Folly now, it's going to give us the opportunity to throw down on some more diverse content for our new one-on-ones, which up to this point have been with mostly females. But recently, I got the chance to sit down with actor and filmmaker and male Chadwick Hobson, a force in independent cinema and one of the brains behind up-and-coming production Voltron, The Night's Young. He's also a dear friend and a great dude. Chadwick and I grabbed a Bloody Mary at Spare Tire in Mid-City to chat about what it's like letting go of the myths of success in the entertainment industry and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and getting down to the business of making art on your own. Here's a Tales of Our Folly one-on-one with Chadwick Hobson. Brunch is going on until three. Sweet. Got right. bottomless mimosas. They're eighteen. Awesome. Single mimosas for six. Bloody Marys for six. Bunch of for six. I'm definitely gonna do a Bloody Mary. We're recording, gentlemen. And a water. We're recording an interview with this gentleman here. He's a producer and a writer. And, Rock on. Um, yeah. So we're getting a lowdown on him. Get it in. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What did you want to drink? Uh, I'll have a Bloody Mary and a water. Let's do the Bloody Mary. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Dude. Thank you so much, man. Hey. Cheers. To buddy, you, friend. buddy. To you. Congrats Thank you. on the piloto. Thank you. So that's nice. Yeah. What's the status? Like, what happens from, like, be- because you guys have become sort of experts on this. Like, yeah. what happens between getting financing and making it? So, dude, it is insane. Is this happened, my, um, uh, my 
college roommate is kind of the one who's, who's helping spearhead this. But um, uh, he's the one who found it like a while ago. Because I, I, you know, as you know, I've written a fuck ton of just stuff. Yeah. Always. With, yeah, with always. Zero, like, kind of like, once again, like a dog chasing cars. Like, zero fucking. Well, you're definitely um, a dude that, like, and I feel like this is why the Knights Young has done so well. Yeah. It's like you're a dude that's like, I got an idea. I, I'm gonna do it. I've got yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> here are the five steps that I'm gonna do to get it done. Yep. And I'm gonna have it done by tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very much that. And so it's this always thing. Like it's it's really hard for me to see too far ahead because I get super excited and tunnel visioned on one thing until it's done. And then once that's done, it's on to the next thing. Yeah. And it was this weird thing that like uh, he was because he works for uh, Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. He's just a fan. He's always been kind of talking about development and getting into that world just because of the connections. And he also just loves movies. Yeah. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Big and development so, needs more dudes that just yes. love movies. Love movies. He just loves movies. Yeah. Like, I can't... We went to... And this is... I didn't know he was doing this, by the way. Like, I had no idea that he was, like, send me stuff. Like, I just want to read it. Like, shopping. Yeah. And he was, like, doing it, but he's, like, reading this, like, oh, this is cool. But so when we were back in New York... I had like this award ceremony for my college and he came back to just be a fucking friend uh-huh. you know and he was there with their buddy mind you not knowing he was doing this but he was like packaging ideas like he was like I think this pilot would be great with this director that you worked with in The Last Descent um, you guys work together really well and you guys have a good rapport yeah, you good have rapport. a good relationship yeah. and he has like this is kind of like right in his wheelhouse because he got to know him too and uh and so he was like talking to investors and he created some companies like, hey, I'll, I think I can do this. And then one day he called me and like, hey man, Soul, the pilot that you wrote. I was like, oh yeah, I love that thing. And he's like, yeah, I think I, I got it, man. I was like, what? He's like, how much do you need for that? And I kind of like went and just did a ballpark estimate of like, but like my kind of budget is different than a normal like line budget. I go on Microsoft Word and I'm like, all right, gas. And it's uh, 250, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But it always works. Like, we yeah. get the job done. Yeah. And I did that in the ballpark with that. And he was like, yeah, I can I can get you that. Really? And then I talked to the producer that Isaac works with. That I work Aaron Stevenson. He's amazing. But he, he produced The Last Ascent, too. He's that. And he was, like, on board, too. And he was. I sent him, like, can we get this done for this? And he's like, yeah, it'd be tight. But, yeah, we can. And I was like, I think I can do this. And so, over the course of time, like, Chris was just packaging this and he got it and it got to the point which was this this moment where I I didn't know what to do like I didn't know how to react because he was like I thought okay so this is happening okay so what we're gonna need to do is like and I was going into contracts and and uh, talking to equities like hey man you, uh, stop 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 you don't need to do that I, I have that taken care of like all you have to worry about is creative and who's this is that a little, is that a, that's a little bit of a milestone that was you huge. guys have been like doing all of your own shit all of it like everything from top to bottom when it comes to producing like we've been doing that and it's always you know Brian myself uh, Jeff Larson who's the new guy member um, and Alex Rains and we'd always be doing everything top to bottom yeah you know from the ground level from casting to like yeah. trying to like do coverage to create our breakdowns to our scripts to the crafty like all of it and now it's this weird point where we're like we don't necessarily have to do that anymore for these projects yet we learned something though is is that um like last year we kind of had that we were kind of on an upswing here and and we stopped making as much 
like the normal thing of like, hey, I'm bored. What do you want to do? Make a movie? Cool. Let's do that. Yeah. Like we stopped doing that because it was this whole. Now we're at this level and we can't go below it. Like we yeah. no longer can be the guys with a camera in your living room having yeah. a beer while making a short film that we probably won't release. But it's just fun. And we had this whole powwow of like. Fuck that! Like that's why we're here. Like this is exactly because we always yeah. follow the impulse. Always follow the impulse, and yeah. it's like like constantly just reminding yourself to make shit. Always. I mean, and it was and it was that, and so we got back to doing that too. So on like while we're doing, um, uh, while we're doing this whole fucking you know this huge pilot and all that, which is amazing. Um, we're also like doing another feature, kind of like how we met, which is like you know what, let's scrounge up some money and go back to our hometown and make another feature. Why? Because we can't. We know how to do it, and, and we're just getting better. How strong of a creator and producer is it going to make you mm. that you already know how to do all this shit? Mm. And you know what to watch out for, and you know how yep. much it takes to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And so you can call people on their shit when it's like, you have a way of like protecting yourself now that yeah. a lot of filmmakers like, yeah. just don't have. And it's and it's this thing, like, it's... it's it's the, the myth that we're trying to do. It's, it's so funny. We just did a workshop, like an indie film workshop. Yeah. And we were talking about what we wanted to do with it, like what we wanted to show. And, and it's talking to Brian and Jeff, and we're just like, I, I feel like I've been to a few of these workshops, and they're just commercials for the for people. For the business. Like, yeah. they're, they're yeah. just like, hey, this is me. I made some stuff. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, that benefits nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Like, oh, cool, so you, you're a filmmaker that's made some things for very little. Um, like, Thank you life. for showing them yeah, to us. That's amazing life. in 2009. Like, totally. You're not anything special anymore. It's, it's how you kind of, like... Because everybody has everybody, a film studio. Everybody has now. a studio in their pocket. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You can do anything. Um, it's about doing it, but, like, um, the one thing we did is we showed uh, Brian and I's first short film that we ever made in Flagstaff. It's called Ascending. And we said nothing. We just like, all right, played like the very end of that film. And we got like a bar location for it, shot it on the Canon. I think my T3i, I think we shot on that. And we did that and then played it. And then like lights went off and then like lights went back on. And like there was like occasional clap. And then Brian was like, so listen, that was dog shit. Like, <laughs> it was nothing better just, than like reading or looking yeah. at your first shit and yeah. being like, I've come a long way. I've come a long way. That. Like it's so. This was so bad. But here's the thing. It's like we love it because it was our thing that we're like, oh no, this is this is real shit. It's but we love doing it. Was it like the thing that? So was the impulse for you guys to always want to be to be filmmakers, or did that come along? Dude, it it. I I don't even know when there's a progression of like. You know, we're gonna do, we're gonna create this company and do this. It was like, hey, I wanna tell this story. Yeah. You're my buddy, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, like that's the base level. And it just kept on growing from doing that. Yeah. And then it was so funny, the, the more that we did that, the more people started to come and like want to be a part of it and help out. It's right. the field of dreams thing, man. Right. You build it, it will come. Because it really was. I mean, it was, it was originally like this. Um, to showcase us as actors right. for what we wanted, yeah. you know, like that was the goal, and then it, it evolved to something of like, I don't, I started the more we did, I started to care less and less about acting, 
which is a weird thing. Did you see that happening? Yeah, I yeah. did. I saw it happening, but I saw it in auditions. Yeah. Like I started getting this in like all, like more auditions and more work, and, and I started going like, I don't really care anymore about these auditions because I have making. all this. Yeah. I was, which let's face it. Yeah. At, as a failed actor, Hollywood actor myself, hmm. um, let's call it how it is and say that, unfortunately, in this particular town, in this particular industry, actors don't have a lot of agency. Actors no. don't have a lot of, like, it's hard to, I always say this about, like, writing, that at least with writing, you can always feel productive. Yes. Because you can always be doing the thing, but with acting, like, what are you gonna like sit around in your apartment and read sides? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, exactly. And it's it, it, this weird thing that like I, I figured out I'm a bit <laughs> as we tell you Brian and Jeff a little bit about it, but I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my I mean you were there for my last table read where like if my vision I am so stuck until I'm convinced otherwise. Yeah. But like super protective of that. But yeah. the reason being is like now this is all I care about. Right. Like I don't and to to go on another end, like Objectively talking about acting, I'm going in the original. You're gonna find this interesting. <laughs> but I looked at it. I went and I saw the Danish girl, um, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Where uh, he's he's either yeah he's he's, he's a man. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's the first person to have the surgery to change yeah, sex. Right, 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 you know. Right. And I, I watched that and it was like the trailer was amazing. But I sat there in the theater and I was like by myself. And I was like, and I think I. I just did a film in Oregon or something, and I was like, I'm on the up and up. And, and I watched that, and I went, it was this humbling moment of, holy fuck, I cannot do that. Even if that was given to me, I don't have that ability. I love that you say that, because, yeah. and I hate it when I say that to people, yeah. and they think I'm being self-deprecating. Yeah, it's not that. No, and I no. appreciate, mm -hmm. I think like, I, I mean, because I went to grad school for theater and like tried for a little bit, and but I look at some guys and I'm like, I'm serviceable yeah. on camera in a particular capacity. Yes, and I and I can say that if what your film or show requires within that capacity, yeah. I'll I'll show up, mm -hmm. I'll know my lines, yep. and I'll deliver. And you'll deliver. But there are guys out there where I'm like, oh, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not good I like that. I can't do no. any. No. That is absurd what you The idea do. that I would vanish into yeah. a role, not no. a thing. Nope. Yeah, and it's weird. You would yeah. still see me. Everybody would be like, Everyone oh, it's your tower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, dude, in the last descent, I, I did this thing that they screened in my hometown at Harkins, awesome. which is a rad thing. Awesome. And, like, they flew me out to go and, like, do that, which is really cool. So cool. But I was sitting there, and I'm like, I didn't see The Last Descent till like, four months after it was released. I do, I do you have a problem watching yourself at all? Only in drama. Oh, because it's weird. Yeah, comedy, right. like, comedy is easy to watch because I'm, like, learning. Isn't it weird you that know? there's no self-consciousness in yeah. comedy? Yeah. It, there's self-consciousness in comedy when you're performing it, yeah. but none when you're looking back. None. Yeah, yeah. But when you do drama, I yeah. feel like you look back and you're like, oh, that's, oh, why did I do that? Why? That was uh, a weird uh, thing. Did you guys believe that? <laughs> Which was a weird thing because, like, it was, there's, like, this really hard to watch 
crawling scene into the cave, which is ri- oh, yeah. really yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking but about. But it was yeah. so funny that, like, I, I, I have the DVD. You do. I, uh, <laughs> I have it. It's in my collection. So. All right. Well, I, was, I walked into the theater. I have to have DVDs of films and TV shows that all my friends are in. Are, are you kidding? Come on. <laughs> I'm glad that you still hold on to those things and it's not yeah. just, like, in a fucking cloud. No. Because I love that. No. Very yeah. much a hard copy person myself. Forever. Yeah. Forever. 100%. But, um... We're walking into the theater, and I just like, because I just wanted to like listen. Like this is, I've been waiting for this moment in my life. Of, like I have a movie that's opening in Being my hometown, in a theater, and yeah. like I walked in, make sure like no one on the side where they can't see you. And during the crawling, you start here, and I heard like four people like, Chad, you idiot! Like you know, like they're, they're, they still see me. They like, still like, see. They see Chad. Of course, Chad would do this. Yeah. Like this freaking moron. One person, I, I, I could have been my mom. Was like Chadwick. You know? Mom, shut up! It's my movie. Come on! I think that like I think it's the vanishing into it is one thing that like you see once in the Danish girl and I looked at like Eddie Redmayne's a tall, lanky white dude and I don't. When I looked at this, I looked at like I don't look at being good in my acting class or being good in my circle. Like I'm not competing with them. I'm competing with like I want to make this an actual reality that this is going to be my life and I'm going to be able to financially support myself for this, I have to compete with people like that for those roles yeah. if I want to be an actor. Yeah. And I looked at that and I went, I'm not close to that. I cannot I know that. I did the same thing. So what do what do I have to do with what I have yeah. to make it? Yeah. And I went, I was like, all right, one thing I can do is I can continually make more shit than anyone else out there. Yeah. And we'll figure out and see what that does. And over the course of time, I started getting better and better at just making shit and then making it a little better and a little better yeah. and then working with individuals that I like, oh, I'm not really good at this. Brian's good at this. Jeff is good at this. Oscar is good at this. Isaac is good at this. And the more I do that, the more like, like my friends Hope and Yana like are stupid writers. They're yeah. so amazing. And like, so there's moments where like in, in, uh, in like scripts where I'd be like, I'm, I'm lost with this female character. I don't know what I'm doing. I can plug someone else in and before you know it, I have this product that I've created that I like is a, an amalgamation of all my talented friends with my vision. And all of a sudden I have this thing where I'm like, you know what, Eddie Redmayne couldn't fucking write this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, right. that's how I do it. And like, here's my way in is right. that way. It's like, right. I can objectively write, produce, create, and direct, and star in something that's super me. Right. And that's my way. And the evolution of, yeah. I think, being an artist is like recognizing your limitations. Mm-hmm. Because then you get better at the things that you're yes, good at. Yes, exactly. But if you don't, if you think that you're like, oh, I can do anything, yeah. you sort of like never... There's never enough energy that goes into the things that you're really suited for. Never. I think it's one of the reasons that I, like Tales of Male Folly became so like crystallized for me is because like with acting, because I knew my limitations as, as an actor. Yeah. And it's a, it was a place where I could just, I could still sit in front of a microphone and there was no pretense. Yeah. Like I could just be myself. Mm-hmm. And guys could come up and just be themselves and tell their story however they tell it. Like I don't care. Like I don't, there doesn't need to be, I don't want any artifice. And I was talking to a, a, a buddy of mine the other night and he was talking about videotaping the shows. And, you know, we've talked about it because you guys videotaped yeah. that show we did in January. Show, yeah. The footage was amazing. We yeah. An unbelievable... James Acaster is the uh, Netflix oh special. Oh, my God, man. Like, I was Unbelievable phenomenal. sizzle reel out of it. Yeah, Very yeah. exciting. But 
I told him, like, I don't want to make that a regular thing because I don't want to have a lineup of dudes or ladies that are, like, performing for the camera. Yeah. It's not what it's about. The podcast, the recording is just as far as I'm willing to go. And that's, to to be honest, it's still, I don't know, like, I recently had took a cross-country road trip to Memphis. Yeah. And we listened to all of them. Did you really? Yeah. Every single one. On the, because they're like, we have... 21 hours to kill. It's quick. They're quick. And it's, they're yeah. super. They're they're yeah. so quick that you yeah. can like hear a fun story. But yeah. I mean, it's it's super, once again, you found something that I feel like is so super specific, which is what you need. Because like, uh, just like when you're talking about like, there's certain things you can show up. And uh, I learned this in college from my my professor, uh, my college advisor. But it was like she's talking about because I have a degree in business and accounting. I- I think I knew it, that. Because, of course. Because um, you have to. Yeah. It's a backup. With, like, a sports marketing That's slash political science specialization and a theater minor. Like, what? was I, yep. I was just like, I have four years of, like, almost free school. Just get all of So it. I'm going to get squeeze everything. the living yeah. fuck out of it. Yeah. Um, so I got all of it. She said the one thing that always stuck to me, and she's like, you have to look at your business, and you have to see if you're providing something that no one else is. Because if you can find something where you're, you as a product are so specific and special, uh, specialized, specialized, Jesus, <laughs> special, I like specialized. I've had, I've had, I've had a two sips of a bloody Literally and I'm done. Um, <laughs> Specialist eyes, eyes. But uh, like that, then you'll never have to worry about not working again. Yeah. And so the more, once again, you look at it, I'm like, I'm gonna look at myself not as an actor, but as a product. Yeah. Objectively, what do I have? Like, what is this? And how do I make this the most marketable and efficient that I can? Yeah. And that's when like the writing came in, that and the characters. And like, I can play this character, but if you give me like a zany, fun character, I'm awful. Like even my my acting coach, I went in was like you have a problem, like you kind of think you're the smartest person in the world. And I was like, no, and he's like, well, you do. Because like, if you have any writing that's like, you don't like, you can't act like you don't like it. Like, I can see that you oh, hate what you're saying. Like when you're reading, and when yes. you're, yeah. And he's like, it's no wonder you don't book anything on NCIS, because like, you look like you fucking hate every moment of everything you're doing. Chadwick Hodgson <laughs> yeah, yeah. for NCIS. Yeah. Yeah, One of the totally. notes, he was like, good, but this time, like, you don't hate everything that's happening around you. I was like, ah, it's that obvious. What do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I'm very positive. You know? I can reflect positively about this. <laughs> well, I actually but then, you know, when in you, comes therapy. That's I mean, 100%. Story. Yeah. That's, yeah. And so you still are pursuing acting. Yeah, 100%. 100% but, like, it's a beautiful thing that I'm, I'm doing. Is, and I talk with my manager about it, too, and she's the coolest uh-huh. and because you know a lot of people look at money and I've gotten a lot of auditions where it's like a lead for something or a feature or this which normally is great and I'll read it and I'll be like I don't fucking care about this character at yeah. all so I'm gonna pass and like look my agents have been really about it, like cool about that too do you pass frequently yes stuff? yes what attracts you to like what 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 attracts you or to, to be honest or repulsive. Like, the more unbelievably flawed character that I can find. I need to find, we talk about this a lot, because like the one, the one note that I refuse to take when my writing from anyone is like, your characters aren't likable enough. I 
do nothing with that because I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like I'm writing for people that like I, I tell stories for the individual that goes to movies alone, uh, like that. Sure. Like, because I, did you watch the first season of True Detective? Yeah, loved it. But like Rust, Matthew McConaughey's character is like the most cynical, unlikable character in the world, and his last line is spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, it's it's long, it's so long enough but, ago yeah. where you all you should have like watched it already. Yeah. But like his last line is like the man who sees no value to any part of the world. He looks up and you know he's like, well, Woody Harrelson's character who's now his friend says, you know, like uh, he's, he's like, yep, yeah, it's the same old story, like the battle between good and evil, light versus dark. And looks up at the sky and he's like, well, if you look at me, you know, dark's occupying a lot more territory. And then Russ, called the most cynical human in the world, says. Well, at first there was only dark, so if you ask me, the light's winning. Which, it's so much more enjoyable to listen to a, a human who has zero fucking care about the world and flawed with all of the problems you could possibly imagine and be able to find a sliver of light. Like a shredded positive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but an earned one where they like get, go through some shit. Yeah. And, and that's where like those are the characters that I want to play. Like, I can write and direct and produce other stuff for my friends that like that, but like, if I'm gonna act in something, that's the only character right now that I'm interested in. Yeah. And like, uh, and that would make me feel creatively fulfilled. Because I, I did, not to name it, but I did a project where like, I, I love acting, but I showed up and I was like, I don't think I love it as everyone else does, because like, I hate going to work. Like, this character is like, I don't fucking care about their problems. Like, I don't care yeah. about anything that I'm saying. Yeah. Which, I don't know, there's something to that. Like, if you love acting, you just want to be an actor in anything. And you just want to perform. I yeah. get that. I'm not that. And that was something that. I learned. I don't have that. More of a filmmaker. Yes. Yeah. Does uh, Night Young have, do you guys have particular stories that you feel either you guys gravitate towards? Or you feel that as a production team, you guys are best suited for it. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the coolest thing about it is like Brian, Jeff, and myself, and like including like Alex. Who's you guys think you have the same sensibilities? Or no? Know, no. Yeah. And I think that is a huge strength of ours is we we're really able to wipe away like anything personal. Like, we argue about scripts all the time, but it's not even like an art, it's a fun discussion of life, because like, you see life this way, I see it differently. Let's talk about this every single time we find something better. Yeah. Every time, and it's just, it's the most fun, but like, literally all of us, all of us love different movies differently. Like, all of us have completely different opinions. Brian write, Brian's writing and my writing and Jeff's writing. Totally different. Are so vastly different. Yeah. It is, but it's so great. Like it's it's a signature, and everyone's like, "Oh, you did this again, or you did this." Okay, cool. Maybe this. I know you like doing this. It's this, but like uh, the projects that we have now. Like I'm really excited about a lot of stuff we're doing. We're doing, um, we're writing and directing a like VR mini series. Really? Yeah, in August awesome. with this new company that we met, and that happened yesterday. We got that job. Um, and then, uh, but we have the pilot that's going on, and then. Um, so when you take jobs like that, when you guys yeah, take yeah. jobs like that. Is that sort of like, is that the business end of it where you're like, we can find, even if it's a, if the content of the project is not necessarily in line where you, with yeah. your interest, is, it, is there a way where you guys go like, here's where we can bring like, Knight's Young sensibilities to this project? 
Kind of, but here's we never actually had to confront that. Oh. As in, all of these projects that we've gotten are sort of came, right up your alley. The, well, they they came to us. Right. And here's the like here's the shit about like making your own content for the sake of fucking nothing is like th- this person came to us for this project because he saw all of our stuff already and was like, I, I want this. Oh, oh, oh cool, cool. You cool. know, so it's so much better when they're like, no, you just do your thing. Do what you guys do. Do what you guys do. Yeah. Because yeah. we need this. What do you think that is that, that you guys do? Oh, man, it's so different. It's such a like, weird question. No, it's because it depends on what it is. Like, to right. be honest, like, Jeff has this show called Adopted that's coming out, like, uh, but, like, it, he independently financed and he just made it, just came out. We don't know what we're going to do with it yet, but, like, it's so different than anything that Brian and I have ever done, yeah. you know, individually or together. And if someone watches that, they can potentially come to the night's young. Like, listen, I'm trying to write a television show that's marketed between, you know, like 12 years old and 17 years old or even younger than that. And then we'd be like, Jeff literally was the showrunner of this thing. And that's when you can pivot. I'm like, oh, no problem. Jeff, you're up. Yeah. Like, you know, and this yeah. whole thing that we now move into the supporting role behind that. Yeah. The same thing like the pilot, the soul pilot. Like, they're like, Chad, this is entirely your vision. They're doing this. And Jeff and Brian are now sliding into the supportive roles there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so now I'm I'm taking the lead here. And Brian has, like, Alex and Jamie was Brian's directed film. Yeah. We both wrote that. But I was like, this is, dude, this is like, he, he played that one really close to the chest. And I was like, this is your vision. Now we slide in the supporting role for that. Yeah. Which is a different movie than I would have directed. Yeah. Which is great because his version is much better. Mine's like, mine would be like read between, like the same dialogue, but the actors would be do like speaking an iambic pentameter. <laughs> like it's not the same. Thank God he did that. Um, but it was, it was, it's, it's depending on what the project is. It's really nice because we all know each other and all of our strengths and that. That it's like, oh, what is this? You're up. This yeah. one's the lead. Go, yeah. take this. Yeah. And which is huge. We learned that too, making stuff, like little things. Another thing is you do the dynamic is we just made a bunch of little stuff together, but during that, you go through the growing pains of like, okay, maybe all three of us shouldn't have final cut. Like, you know what I'm saying? Totally. One person should, and we yeah. all recognize that yeah. and go through it. But, Interesting. Um, like, now now we have that paradigm down where it's like, uh, I don't know if you saw those little UPS commercials that we made. Yeah, totally. Just for fun. Yeah. But now, like, even, like, there's learning in that, because, like, I wrote that 7-1 three years ago, and I was like... And you know what, I'm at a time where I want to watch, I just want to see that. Like, not for any reason, but then we had a commercial agency hit us up to potentially do it, like, submit a commercial bid for this other thing that's potentially in the works. But just because we made a thing for free. So, like, another lesson, again, make a thing. Followed your impulse. Yes. And just kept making the shit. Did it. And then that led, though, like, we made that. And then Brian, like, was like, you know what, we should... Dude, let's, we have like we're gonna have Woe Man, who's like you know on the up and up. Like yeah, those girls are time. killing it. Big time. But they're like, let's they're, all the girls gonna be over to shoot the end of that. Like let's shoot like three more endings and then plug in the rest later. And it's like, I mean, we we could like let's just do a good job on. Well, actually, no, you're right. Let's do that. And so he shot the ending of the Notebook one, and then uh, the ending of the Pulp Fiction one. And he was just like, we didn't have the rest of that shot yet. We just shot the endings, hoping like maybe this will work, and it did. We shot the beginning of the oh, Notebook one, and that was hilarious. But it's just like, I don't know, once again, Brian is, and Jeff also is really, the dynamic of making stuff, this is really fun to see, because it's, I noticed that Brian and I will, an ID will pop up, I'm like, all right, when are we shooting? 
I'll be over there. You have a camera? Yeah. Like, memory card. Yeah. But like, Jeff came in and it's huge because he he's the kind of guy like he came in, he's like, cool, love the ambition, cool. Um, do you guys have a boom? You know, well, do we use our phones? You put your phone, tape your phone to your chest, and then we'll use that and then go. And he's like, or let's take a breath, we'll shoot tomorrow night, and we'll get a sound guy for this minimal amount, and then your product will look that much better. Yeah. Oh, we could do. Uh, all right, all right, yeah, you got it. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> cool. But it's still, the rule still stands exactly. that you ain't just make shit. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and it, yeah, we just make shit constantly, all the time. Well, I think the issue becomes like if you're waiting, it's like waiting around for your audience. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Yeah. Be your own audience. Be your own audience. They, make shit that you love. That's the yeah. only answer. Well, the, um, what are, uh, Made the, the guys that made the puffy chair. Oh, the Duplass brothers. Duplass, we, we love them. Unbelievable interview. And I can't remember where I, I heard it. I guarantee you. I think I it was a, to it. maybe a Grantland interview. Okay. And they I were didn't like, hear that. they had this amazing quote. I think Jay had this amazing quote where he was like, we were trying to make stuff. Yeah. We were trying to like get our stuff out there. And we realized that like the, like the cavalry the was The cavalry not isn't coming. Yep, that's such a great Mark Duplass, South by Southwest, like keynote speech. Yeah, um, it's such it's, a it's great. The Calvary's, and I, I just finished their book. They just had a book release called Like Brothers that Brian got me a signed copy. Dope. Um, choice gift. Choice gift. And by the way, like I, when I go home, I went home for my niece's birthday, and I, I love the train. I ride on the train. I get like a sleeper car. Do you take the train? Yeah, overnight. Arizona? It's an overnight train, so you get there like Union Station at six, and you take that. And um, I might do that to go visit my folks. It is phenomenal. All it's right. my favorite thing. It's a fascinating ride, and it's this great thing where I get to shut out and just work, like no Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, and I totally. Just write and work and read, and interesting people are there, and it's just amazing. But like, I was at, it's eleven. The train is romantic. It is. It's so romantic. And I was I was reading in the um, like uh, the cafe cart uh, at eleven thirty with my Duplass Brothers book and, a, and like a mint tea. And I'm just like drinking, this is amazing. And then I posted a picture of it on Twitter, and I'm just learning how Twitter works. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, Instagram's the only one that I like, I really enjoy this, because yeah, totally. I just love everyone's photo albums. Well, Twitter's it's garbage. So There's such a Twitter bunch of like trash people on yeah, Twitter. It's ridiculous. I took a bunch of time off from Twitter, and then I recently am back on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're friends on Twitter, mm-hmm. as you know. And buddy, I, I it is trash. Love all your shit. There are trash yeah. people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Just being crude and rule, r- rude and cruel. Yeah. Uh, and I think like that's where the trolls are. I feel like there aren't a great deal of trolls. There's not a great deal of trolling on Instagram. No, no, n- not really. No. Um, at least none that I've come across yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, Just wait. But no, I posted a picture on Twitter, and now I'm Twitter. Like I love Twitter because yeah. because that picture was immediately liked by Mark Duplass, and I was like. Ah! <laughs> this I have. You know, and you, right. do, you, know, you yeah. do that thing of where like that happened. And I, I looked at my phone and was like, 
it's real. We're gonna be best friends. I'm here now. I'm here. And I turn into I, Hello Mark. I turn into Kathy Bates from Misery Hello, like Mark. on a train in my head. <laughs> but you know, like, oh my god, he's gonna invite me to his house. Yeah. And I'm gonna like be I'm gonna like babysit his children and then we're gonna hold each other and make movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> chat, chat, chat. Snap out of it, snap out of it, snap out of it. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. But it's that paradigm that we kind of followed is is that. Is we're always just gonna make shit that's shit. I think it's the rule that a lot more people in LA have to learn. Mm -hmm. Not have to learn, because, and what I appreciate about you guys, thank you, um, what I appreciate about you guys is that, I, look, I, I am not trying to like rag on digital media. Yeah, yeah. Not digital media as a medium, obviously, because it's great, but digital medium as a, a digital media as a culture we need people that are actually making things. Yeah. And I don't know that like shooting a Snapchat of yourself at the gym is not I'm, a thing. Dude, I'm so glad you're talking. That's you not content. Up. No, it's not content. This is where you're risking nothing. So I have to. Also, we have yeah. that like there, and you know, I I encountered this with Tales of Mount Folly too. There has to be. You have to be saying something. Something. There, you have to say something. Like you can smell. The reason why we know it, like. We've made a couple things like that, where we were like, we made something to be liked by people, not because we liked it. And it felt so awful to yeah. do. Yeah. And I, we have to quote our, our good friend, and uh, Billy Small, the wonderful- A genius, a, a, a genius. literal genius. Like my zombie movie, which guys, it's my Medi and, and on, like, I- It's incredible. I, I, it's I, incredible. I, Don't I, even worry about it. I will make Just that stay movie. tuned. Stay tuned. That movie's getting made. Yes, um, it's rad, and you will all be better people yeah. when you watch it. He was, I mean, Billy's a story by, yeah, he was there from the inception along with Ryan, and, and he's been so helpful, but I've learned so much about, like, the world and life from that guy, Yeah, you know? But the one thing... He's wise. He has a so wisdom wise, about him. He's so wise. Yeah. But he, um, uh, he, he said something where I was like, yes, because, like, I, I felt, I went, I watched, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. It was like a a year ago. Watched Breakfast at Tiffany's and, and I was kind of like in an old movie on Golden Pond and I was like watching all these classics and I went, man, I hate society so much because anything you watch right now, like when you say like Hollywood is a mirror of society and like the thing you make and any time any character says Instagram, Twitter, swipe, match, Oh. All this, the idea of love to me, or like that kind of the beauty and magic band film is dead immediately. I don't care anymore. Like, I feel like Audrey Hepburn is turning in her grave listening to this bullshit. Like, this, I, I love the English language, and to hear love talked about with matching and swiping, not to judge anyone who meets their significant other that way. I know plenty of friends that, that have. Totally, yeah. But like, I don't, I personally don't want to watch, like, Oh, like the conflict that happens between, you know how we met, I swiped right, swiped right, we matched, and then we had an argument, and then we got back together. Like, I don't fucking, there's nothing magical about that. Like, yeah. individually in your life, sure, but like, I don't want to watch that. There's also like no real, there's no. not like the electricity of content. No, there's not, and it's like, you have to be so creative to make two people talk, like talking, interesting and new, especially like, I love to call me by your name. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. it. Like yeah. it was, it's, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Yeah. But then I got to the very end, and it was like you have to earn this. Of like, 
you have to find ways to talk like about love and relationships that no one has ever said before. Yeah. And that, that final speech by Michael, Michael Stolbar to his son is a speech about father to son. Uh, and like that's a narrative that's been told a hundred times, but I've never heard it like that. That is And uh, that's the goal. Yeah. And in order to yeah. do that, like you have to have this romantic kind of like love of the magic of dialogue of the English language and film and of rhetoric between two people talking to each other and like you disagree with me watch watch a movie like I, I loved Sleeping with Other People I thought it was a fun movie like not... it's Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie oh yeah 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 it's yeah. a fun movie yeah. you did this and it was like oh this is fun I laughed a, a, a ton and cool and then you watch Breakfast at Tiffany's and you're like there's so much magic to this film like her walking up to a Tiffany's in the morning on an empty New York street with Moon River playing yeah. and like the gloves and like oh yeah. this is all I'm interested in trying to make is right. like these like an attempt to make Dead Poets Society or something like that so getting back to what Billy Small said is he's like I'm so tired and he coined this I'm so tired of the when Bay gets home from a workout comedy everything that is priceless because yeah. right? he said it and you're like oh my you encompassed all Everything. of the comedy with that. The, I'm not interested in the when Bay gets home from a workout comedy. Well, it's, yeah. And that's what we decide, like, we're, no, we're never gonna do that. We're never gonna talk about technology in any of our shit. None of it. You told a brave story at the Tales of Malfoy show <laughs> about mom. Mm-hmm. I love that. Go on, mom. She'll definitely listen to this. Will she? Oh my god, yeah. Um, she's the funniest. I mean, this is, I'm sure many people are going to relate to this, but she understands. She's a physical therapist. Yeah. She understands so little about this business. Amazing. At all, that any time that we talk, which is way more often than I'd like to admit. <laughs> but she just goes like, oh, oh me, everything good? Like, yeah. And then she's go, cool. I, I don't, I don't know. Just, are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yay! But yeah, that that old story. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that that story, that particular story, yeah, is about your mom mm-hmm. and her in, influence on your dating life. Yeah. How is your dating life? <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, I'm seeing a therapist. <laughs> So I'm in therapy. Best, best. So I'm in therapy is the best way to answer that question. How's um, you know, married life? <laughs> you guys, you guys nice, have a nice change of the subject. You guys talking about kids yet? <laughs> what about you? Are you married? Are you married type? I'm. I don't know. I like to think. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm a little behind the curve. One might say. I don't know about that. You're a young man. You've got plenty of time. But do you feel that way? Do you feel behind the curve? Yes. But like it was so funny. So my dad, this is gonna be fucking hilarious. Thank you so much. Um, I had Thank this, you. this conversation with my dad. Um, well, no, my mom had it with my dad, and then he had it with me. But it was uh, my mom was like, I, I heard the conversation in the kitchen. She thought I was like wasn't downstairs, and I was visiting home. And this is like, it was like a year and a half ago. Um, but he was like, uh, you, you need to talk to your son, okay? Because, you know, I feel like he just needs a father figure to figure out this whole, you know, get me a grandchild thing. <laughs> like, you know, I was saying that. She's ready. Yeah. And, and my dad and I have a very lovely rapport, but 
talking about my dating life is definitely not a part of it. Um, Who's less into it, you or him? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to answer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd say it's a, it's a pretty straight draw on that. But he, this was the most valiant thing ever. He came over. He, I was sitting on the couch, pretending like I didn't hear what just happened. And he's like, "Hey, so um, clearly he's never done this before." And he's like, "Hey, I, uh, so you know, I was like, you haven't brought home a girl, so uh, date anyone." And I'm just enjoying this so much. It's like, just let, no, it, let it happen. Know, let him I'm get not, I'm not, you know, really worried about it. And then he said, he like gave it his all, which he'd never did before. It was amazing. He was just like, so, I'm gonna tell you a story about like, you know, so I was like dating, you know, and I, I met this girl, and he, he told a couple horror stories about dating girls back in his day. And then he's like, and you're gonna meet someone like, you know, like when I met your mother, that changed the game. And all the rules that I had in my head completely changed and I just, and I changed and I wanted to. That's the biggest difference is I wanted to change this person. It was like, we're getting really sentimental and I was like, oh my God, this is, we're having a moment, you know? And we are in a moment. We are in a moment right now. And, uh, and he did this and then he turned and he's like, yeah, um, you're gonna meet that girl, so don't worry about that. And it was quiet. And then he's like, but because you haven't dated anyone, at all throughout your entire life, you're gonna have no idea what you're doing and you're just gonna fuck it up. Like, and it's just gonna hurt really bad, but just know that that's coming. And that's how we ended it. <laughs> and you hear my mom in the other room go, Randy! Good talk, Dad. I know. Good talk, good talk, good talk. Oh God. Good talk. But, um, no, it's it interesting. I just uh, made a huge discovery. What is it? My entire life, I kind of realized that I never wanted kids. Oh, yeah. I never did. And I always thought... Wait, how old are you? 30. Yeah, that's perfect. I never. But then, as of a few months ago, I figured out that I do. Which is really? a huge thing. Really? It was like analyzing shit. Which, by the way, this was all just wonderful writing material. Like, I just wrote all this down. It kind of helped figure it out. But, like, writing why I didn't want kids, and then it was all, like... I found out the source of that, and then it changed everything. And it was like, I just really don't want a son. <laughs> I just want a daughter. Really? But I mean, we worked through that too. But like, I do want kids eventually, which no was this huge kind of like my entire life. I was like, I'm gonna be the guy from You, Me, and Dupree because it's the easiest life you could do. Right. And now I don't want that. First of all, I don't. I mean, talking from the perspective of. A person that's a little older. I don't think you're behind the okay, one at all. Okay. You got, this is. I feel like your 30s are the decade when you can really start to appreciate what other people have to offer emotionally, and you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. Not that this is not to say that people shouldn't meet and get married and have kids in their 20s. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Do it whenever it feels right. Whenever it feels right. But I do think that your 30s are a good time to to meet the person, to wait around for the person. It's and also like my biggest piece of advice is always like, don't wait, wait, find the the person. Mm -hmm. Like, do not. I feel like. People get to a certain age and they're like, well, I'm alone, and I, or I'm single, and I'm this age, and this is freaking me out, so I'm gonna like, they sort of like, 
take the first person that comes along. Yeah. Not the right thing to do. <laughs> Which is like, it's so funny when you talk about my approach to like, you know what, maybe I should start thinking like, I do want a relationship. That sounds kind of nice eventually. And instead of just being a human being, I was like, all right, if I do want to do that, I should probably do some research. So I straight up started Googling statistics about like not being a statistic, like making it natural and that. So I was like proximity and a statistic of like, proximity has something to do with it. And I, I looked at like the marriage rate is 76% of the individuals and they use like the focus group of military dads and how like a majority of the women they meet is just based on travel. And so I was like, okay, so like, it's clearly gonna be LA, but like, I, I don't wanna be a part of a statistic. I want it to be just like organic. And then I went to the library and I started reading like the five languages of love. And then I started reading this. I'm like, I'm approaching this like it's my motherfucking capstone. What am I doing? <laughs> I even made like a fucking Excel chart. I appreciate the passion. Yeah. And the ambition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that you're so right on par. And also, like, mm -hmm. think about the fact that you have hit 30 mm -hmm. with your creative and professional ambitions in place. Yes. That's a huge milestone. Yeah. And a lot of times we're just not ready to meet a person to share our life with until that's kind of settled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even, even, it still might change a little bit, which is totally fine, but yeah. like, it feels to me like you're right on, right on far. Time, it, it's, it's, but the society puts a lot of pressure. It puts a lot of pressure on that. And, and it was, and it was this whole fun, like, I mean, I, I came to a term, like, I'm totally fine, and it would be something that I'm interested in. I'm interested, because, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just terrified of it, but, um, but it was this whole thing forever that it was like, oh, Chad, no, he's never been in like a, a real relationship, and so he must be so sad. <laughs> Which then, and you're like, and you're like, I'm fine. But then people are telling you like, but like, but you're not though. I mean, because this is what it's supposed to be, and you're not that. And I was going, and so after a while, you know, when 15 people are like, you need to be sad, because you being happy and single is really infuriating me. And like, they don't that. Right. And so I started like, you know what, oh, man, should I be sad? <laughs> should I try and be sad? If enough people tell you. Yeah. But again, like, that's like our society through and through. It's all about telling us how we feel. Yeah. What we should have, how we feel. And that's why I do think like therapy, especially for dudes, mm -hmm. Why I feel like it's such an important component of our adult life and life now because, man, life now is harder to navigate than it's ever been. Yeah. And I feel like men in denial of the need to talk it out, to get out whatever's in, yeah, is what contributes to a lot of the plagues in the male gender. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. We're, I'm, it's so funny. So, don't name the name, but I have a friend that literally texted me when you went to the bathroom that he's going through things with his girl and he doesn't know what to do. So, right after this, I'm directly going to his place to talk it out. Oh, God bless. And yeah. We're doing it. Like, you that's now be. a thing. You gotta be. That's gotta be the thing. And also, like, 
You know, it's interesting that you brought this up earlier about yeah. the idea of uh, how you can sort of like spot a skeezy dude yeah. when he doesn't have any best friends. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. I feel like we're at this juncture right now and times are on fire. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But I think like it's also this fixed point where suddenly, especially like regarding white men, oh. we could, we are at the precipice of being a part of a great societal improvement. Yeah. And I agree. one of the things that like white dudes have to do in particular, I think, to help is sit down and shut up, mainly. Mm -hmm. Listen. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Listen. But I think that. And any guy who says that's not fair, shut up. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> shut up. And I think that we could head an entirely new and healthy direction starting at this point. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we're obviously reckoning with is years and years and ages and ages of toxic masculine culture. Yeah. And as we become new generations and become, you know, parents or mentors or elders or whatever, I do think as men, like, it's our responsibility to, like, encourage the generations that come after it that feeling and pain and being sad or depressed or worried or scared, all of that stuff is valid. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in the wake of like one of the most manliest, one of the dudes that seem to have the best handle on being a dude, Bourdain. Mm -hmm. we're, in, we're on the heels of him committing suicide because he was sad, yeah. probably. Yeah. Because he was depressed. Yeah. And he didn't feel like he could talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And I, you know, suicide just spiking anyway it's because... It's a massive problem. Yeah. Um, but like, especially with men, because we've always, the demand is on, uh, we put the demand on ourselves to be stoic and we don't want to talk about it. And right. like, um, I can't do that anymore. No. There's, I don't know if you saw it. I made it two years ago, but it was the first short film that I ever directed. Rogue directed. Yeah. Um, but, speaking of that, especially this culture, like fucking LA, and I was in the midst of it, where I was like, what was the out, short about? It's called Kristen. And it's, I, I went through this thing where like, it's based on myself, but I was working 35 hours in a bar, and then going home and writing till three in the morning and then running and then working out because I was getting like CW auditions and shit and right. I thought of course at that point you relate success to being attractive uh -huh. which that's a whole different bag of tricks that I learned thank god uh -huh. but like I was going through this whole thing and then anytime I was in a social situation or on Facebook um, it was so many actors and actresses that I would talk to in person would tell me that they have like a pilot in development with HBO 
or CBS or something and they're testing for this huge thing and they're about to blow up and all this is working out like their web series is attached to being or whatever and yep. and then they would all then be on the internet like with a picture of their face like being a headshot being like a quote like if you rise from the ashes you'll fly like a phoenix and then this is how you do this and then it'll be like followed by an explanation of like if you want to be in this industry, if you work hard and then you just stay positive, you'll make it. And that narrative, in different words, but that narrative, if you just work as hard as you can and stay positive and stay happy and some other inspirational fucking bullshit with them looking pretty in a picture, and like that is, that, and like that, over time, I looked around me at one point and I was like, so everybody has a pilot in development, everyone's gorgeous and everybody's completely happy when I'm so unbelievably sad. <laughs> tired. Tired, sad. exhausted, no potential on the horizon. I don't think I'm a good actor at this time. I'm like, I have, I need work. Like, yeah. I need, I can't, even if I had a pilot in development, I wouldn't know what to do with it. So like, I have so much that I need to do and get through. And I was like, I feel like I'm the only person that's sad. Yeah. Because of ev- every artifice that I saw that everyone was putting up was this whole thing. Come to only realize, because I was new to LA, that all of it was bullshit. Every part of it was just horseshit. And then, but I was like, I, I, I feel like if I, because I thought about something, like if I saw, I was looking for a film, because that's how I connect with the world when I don't understand it, is I find a film that helps me. And and uh, just once again, the very base level is makes me feel less alone, which is like kind of like our mission statement in Night's Young. Yeah. But um, I made this whole thing, I wrote this thing about it, because I didn't think it should be a straight white actor complaining about how hard the industry is. So, I like wrote about this girl who comes home from a shift at waitressing on her birthday to two voicemails. I was thinking also production-wise. Two voicemails about one from her ex-boyfriend that's like the passive thing, and the other one I actually had my mom record, which was things that she's told me before, but she doesn't know how much it hurts. Oh, sure. The, the conversation of like all your friends. Oh, perfect, yeah. Thanks, man. But it was like the, the narrative of... Um, like she's like oh I ran into your friends and they're all doing this and like fortunately for me my friends are amazing so they're all doing really successful things but at the time like I ran into this they're doing great also um I love you uh I wish you could be here I can't afford to you know like that's what's going on like here but it's all out of love and then saying like you're gonna be famous in no time also I transferred a little money into your account like 30 bucks so you can buy dinner oh. on your birthday which you're like it's all out of love. They don't know it hurts. They just want to... It hurts. They're trying to fix. Yes. They're trying to fix. It hurts so fucking much. And so, I just wanted to, like... So, I, I wrote this... Her listening to these two voicemails, and then I decorated the walls with, like, inspirational quotes from Meryl Streep, Alan Rickman, like, all these beautiful things, and then her on the floor cowering underneath positivity. And then it just goes back, and it's between switching between subject and objective for ripping shit off the walls. And then it ends, and like it was so funny. I was talking to like Brian was there because he's just you know homie. He's there. Yeah. And he's like talking through and like figuring shit out, and all my other like Alex Smith is there, and just awesome. And uh, going through it, and then it's talking the ending like, oh, but then she reaches up and grabs an acting book and still continues to read. And I was like, no. This is a person who is never going to make it. She's past the prime. Nothing about this is going to be happy. It's just 
she's failed and she has no future and this is it but the only reason I was like and they're like why I tell this story I'm like because if I saw this during that I would have been 45,000 times more happy and inspired because I would know that I'm not alone yes. that someone else is fucking sad yeah. and that is all I needed yeah. I don't need someone to be like yeah you're sad but guess what the rainbow is so close and all this it's just like you know what I'm sad you know that sucks let's have a beer and talk about it and yeah. then be fine yes and take the teeth away well because sometimes it's just like I don't need a solution I just need to be heard exactly I you just know. need to say I'm sad and exactly me. thank you sir yeah, thank you very much no 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 I got it <laughs> um you just need to like have that moment to like because it's like within its pressure it's yeah. pressurized yeah, yeah and the moment you release it you release it and that's what we don't do and this making I, it real man that's I think everything. relentless positivity is a fine sentiment yeah but it's bullshit yes because what they tout is to just like you said quote unquote be happy mm-hmm. and that's not a thing Mm-mm. like I am you know, and I think in in my mom's own way too, she does similar things where she's trying to make me feel better. But it's like we don't live like that. I'm not a human being that does that. I'm not like, and my my wife does the right thing. Like if I'm going through a particular period where I'm like, I either feel like I'm taking a step back, or I feel like things aren't lining up in the way that I want them to, and I start to get like depressed. She sort of like knows that she just needs to like maybe even just leave. Yeah. Leave the house, like, because otherwise, if she sticks around, she's just gonna try to fix. Yeah, yeah. Her impulse is to fix because she cares. But it's either like sometimes, sometimes I just want to like just let me be in bed. Yeah. And be sad. Yeah. Or just let me talk. Just yeah. listen to me. For yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny though because I used to be like I. I'm, it would, Human beings are funny, man. And I'm recently coming to terms with the fact that, like, uh, <laughs> which my roommate, um, Alex Rains and Brian and Jeff and all, all these people are like, people are different and you have trouble understanding that. Because, like, so often, um, we recently discovered this in, fuck it, I mean, discovered this in therapy. <laughs> I'm on my first. I'm almost through one and a half Bloody Marys. Shit's getting real. Say um, it. Say it. But, um, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. men going to therapy. Dude, it's I, when I first started up. going to therapy, I was always like, I have a doctor's appointment. Yeah. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. Because I was ashamed. Yeah. Why? Now I'm... Yeah, it's fucking fine. And it's it's great. Um, but I... Uh, I uh, and honestly, another another shout out needs to be given to Billy Small because he's also an individual. When I first started talking to him, that demystified therapy to me. Like it's fine to talk about because he's wise. Yeah, he's a wise fucking man. He's a sage. Um, he's a sage. Billy, you're a sage. You're a sage, Billy. Um, but uh, uh, I remember going like talking about it, and a lot of friends come up to me like the same shit. That like they'll come up and like I want to start making stuff. And I would give them the answer and the tools and everything that they need to take control of their career. It's been an absolute pleasure. Sure, thank you. Please come see me again. Anytime. I'm here every season. No. You're working, man. You're You're working, man. But it was, um, feel that nervous energy? That dude's an actor. Um, 100%. But, uh, Desire uh, to showcase at all yeah, times. Yeah, that's another Billy Small coin term. That nervous energy. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was this whole thing where like they come to me like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. 
and they never would. Like I would see, like I'm waiting for you. Like, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you every fucking possible tool you need to tell the tiniest story. Yeah. And and I was just like, it gives me anxiety because I like to be able to fix things for my friends when they're complaining. Like you're not happy, I can make you happy. Right. Let me help uh, force you to do this. And it was this whole fucking thing where he told me, and it was this, like once again the, me- the moment I it was so much anxiety. And he just said, he's like, you have a you do have a problem understanding that people. F- run their lives differently than you do. They don't understand that quite yet, fully. And he's like, I, it's not the case, is they're telling me this, and it's not hard to do. It's available, it's there, they have the option to do it, why are they not doing it? And he said this, and he's like, you said you wanted to be in a relationship, right? And he's like, yeah, and he's like, imagine your friend who's in a relationship comes up to you and he's like, dude, you want to be in Do it, do it now, go, do it, be in one. Go. It's all available do it. to you. And you're like, it's all available to you, it's there, just go and do it. And I was like, that's, oh, fuck. You bastard, you bastard, you bastard. Yeah. But it's this whole thing of understanding that people work differently and, and... But also that you don't have to save anyone. Yeah. And, and like, and it was, it, I can just be there for you as a buddy and help you analyze if you want it. And if you're, if you like need if something, like, I'm oh, there. I want to make a movie. You yes. can be like, yeah, man, yeah, totally, totally. And when you're there, I'm here. Like totally. it's that, and it it, it, it saves so many friendships of mine. It's interesting because I was able to be like, I can now just be your buddy, and I don't have to fix you. I love it. Which I was in a relationship, not a relationship. It was seeing someone. And it was a huge point of contention because it was like this whole like you're constantly complaining about your acting career and this shit and all this. I'm like maybe do something different. And then it just drove this thing because I was like, we couldn't have a relaxing conversation because I was thinking like don't complain about the same thing over and over again to me because I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna tell you what the answer is. Into thinking that I have it, you know. <laughs> and it just led to a disastrous end. But like, yeah. but it was one that that I learned a lot fucking from, you know? Like, I learned that... Well, and in L.A. it's hard, because I do believe that people's intentions are sometimes sort of, like, fucked up a little. Yeah. Because sometimes when they come say that, or they... Which is why I think, like... And my wife, my wife does this to me, and oh it's God, very Steve helpful. Steve what is on right now. It's, it's like, like, this is the greatest brunch I've ever had. brunch Wynwood. My wife does this, and she's very smart, too. Um, and it comes down to, like, sort of abandoning social norms and just asking people what they need. Yeah. So, like, if I come to her with, like, I don't know, like a... Like, She's always like, do you really, like, if I come to her with, like, an idea for a script or whatever, she'll always be like, are you looking for criticism or validation? Ooh. And I'm like, oh. Because, like, I think she can tell, like, if I give her an idea... And the moment that she'll like, she'll do the thing where she's about to say something like, yeah, but, and I think she can see me like, bri- like bristle. Yeah. And she'll be like, okay, wait, what are you looking for here? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just wanting to, you to tell me that I'm brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. And I think with people, I've started to do that a little bit where if someone comes to me and in, in, in your situation, like, if someone comes to you and is like, 
oh, I, I, you know, I'm really frustrated. I want to like make a short film or whatever. There is a little bit of like being open enough to say like, are you asking for my advice or for my help? Yeah. Like, are do you want to know how to do it, or are you do you want like me, me to, to do to it. do it or yeah. to hook you up with somebody yeah, or like yeah. what are you looking for? Yeah. And I think that because we're still not at the place where in interpersonal relationships we're like fully honest yeah. we're not fully honest because we don't want to be because no. by and large everybody wants to be a good good person yeah. and none of us want to be that person that's like yo will you hook me up with that person that did this for you mm-hmm. but I'm always like if you want me to hook you up with this person just say that just say it and just then we could escape this whole yeah. bullshit conversation yeah. where you try to where you know, we're talking about like what you, what your like purpose is as a human. Yeah. I, and we don't really need to have that conversation. No. You're just trying to get to the part where I say, "Oh yeah, I'll send your shit to this guy." Yeah. Oh my dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I'm, this is a Billy Small commercial in a weird way. Um, as much as we can advertise yeah. and promote the product of yeah. Billy Small. More or less BS is Instagram. He's a photographer. He's a phenomenal person. But he wrote he wrote this thing, um, this little monologue that... He's like, he actually, he and I were talking about, uh, not talking about, yeah. we, I was getting headshots taken. We were riffing about doing a commercial where we were doing an impression of Werner Herzog but dressed as chickens. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Man, everything that comes out of that guy's it's mouth geni- is genius. It's genius. God damn it. You ready? You ready? This is going to yeah. blow your Hit mind. Because this is, I read, I, I, he sent this to me, and I'm not going to lie, I went to his apartment to have coffee like two hours later, and I had it memorized. Because uh, it was, like, this is literally everything. You ready? I have it, I have please. it. Please. my brain. Oh, it's please. really short. Please, yeah. It's really short. It said, I was at the corner of Fairfax and 3rd when I rolled up my windows to avoid it. The hot breath of men incapable of self-deprecation filling the smiles of women who aren't squinting with promises. Conversations read like the last three pages of a book report that we marked down a full letter grade if it's any less than ten. Orators without a topic or an audience. Waiters interrupting heartfelt stories to remind each other how important it is to tell heartfelt stories. I felt the pulse quicken my hands in the steering wheel as I realized I was one of them. Not listening, just nodding while they reassured themselves at me, waiting, as they do, for something better to come along. What? (laughs) Right? It's everything. That's society in a tiny little... It's what we're doing. It's what we're doing. That's like, are you talking, are you talking, like, at me or to me? Do you need me for this conversation? It's a majority of conversations that a lot of people have out here. And I'm guilty of it, too. I've been there. And, and But knowing it is like, ooh. And per what we were just talking yeah. about, yes, there are some times where, like, if I'm talking to a friend or my wife and I'm like, I just need to say this to mm-hmm. get it out, yes, I, this, isn't, this doesn't have to be a conversation. I don't yeah. need feedback. I just need to get it out. I just need to get it out. And it's okay as yeah. long as we all understand what our roles are. Exactly. Say it. Uh, like, as long as you're aware, like, self-awareness is, is super you. Um, and that we're all part of it. And part of it. Like, knowing, like, oh, oh, yeah, I definitely do that. I've done that before, for sure. But knowing it is everything. Because, like, when you hear it, like, I, oh, what am I doing this for? What's the motivation about this? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I, I think it's just so helpful. And honestly, tying this all back to art is it, it's so immense that, like, now everything is just a character study. Like, everything, thank you. Everything I, I do is, like... Like, dude, the zombie movie is... It's so funny when I tell someone the zombie movies not knowing how unbelievably fucking personal that is. 
Yeah. It is, it's a story of a relationship that yeah. like is my entire life and the reason why yeah. like I'm, I am where I am. Yeah. Um, like that grocery store scene oh is God. just, but it's just like, you know that, that all, I don't know if you know this, but like that whole shit about, yeah. the, to anyone listening, it's just like this dude who, that's, it's too, the elements it's of it are true. too specific for it not to be real. It, I did yeah. that. I studied sleep apnea yeah. in the public library because thinking in my head that that would get me a girl back. Yeah. Because I'd be smarter than a boyfriend. Yeah. What? But you do that shit. But like, once you again. You do that shit. What, once again, like, having those conversations and figuring that shit out and what you're doing and why you're doing it is our, our job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that. And that's why, like, writing now to me, it's so funny we're talking about this, and it's like, I, I get, yeah, now we're talking, like, I have anxiety medication. I have to have that. Like, yeah. and, like, I don't try and compare people's anxiety or pain because there's no way it's a stupid thing to do Well, that. and you people know. are all about that, too. Yeah. We're all in, like, like, we're all in, like, a mad competition. Who's working the hardest? Who's, who's the hardest, most tired? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm well, in like, competition with that with my wife all the time. Oh, how, I am. How often she doesn't know that she she doesn't know that it's a competition. <laughs> but I am trying harder to be more tired than you. <laughs> my asshole. I am such an asshole. I'm more tired. How's your day? Because I'm tired. My I'm day exhausted. Was, I'm like, so exhausted. I just worked for so long. I'm so tired. Well, so dude, talking about that once again, self analyzation. I in the near tiny moments in which I was, uh, you know, seeing someone, I would, I would, I would, I'm not kidding, I would work extremely hard on a day, even, like, way unnecessarily to the point where I'd be late for whatever plans I could potentially have, and work myself to the bone simply for the fact that when I got there, I could have an excuse to not be, like, vulnerable and present. Totally. That's fucking crazy. I mean, but like, I, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Well, we get those habits. It's, and it is, at the root of it, it's self, it's self-protection. It is. Yeah. We're trying to survive social shit. Yeah. And we're trying to survive shame. Yeah. I was saying before, it's what Tales of Mount Folly is all about. It's Dude, all about like... You're doing such a service with that. It's it really all about us so just amazing. being like, we don't get to be the hero, we don't get to be the victim, we're just going to be the fucking moron yeah for a moment and it's always most effective I find when it's like if you just say what happened without whatever filter we feed the events of our life through to combat shame or embarrassment or being misunderstood yeah like the moment we do that I I had dinner with a friend last night and he was like he had gone through a bad, bad, bad breakup, and he like referred to himself as petty. He was like, "Am I that petty?" Yeah. And I was like, "That's the funniest thing I've ever heard." Yeah. Because we never call ourselves that. Because nobody wants to be petty. No. So when we talk about shit like that, we filter out pettiness, yeah. and then we justify it. Yeah. But how much better is it to be like how much how? Cathartic is it in a moment and afterwards to be able to be that open and be like, yeah, I'm fucking petty. Yeah. And I'm shallow. And I'm, you know, whatever. I'm petty, I'm shallow, but like, yeah, I, I love I love being able to call that shit out, which is also like huge because it's fun to be able to like, I'm petty, I'm shallow, and then you can laugh it off. I mean, like, it doesn't necessarily take the full teeth away, but I love having friends. I like that term. You've used that a couple of times. But, Take the teeth away. Take the teeth away. I, I like it. that. It's, it's just, 
it's to, to me it's like I don't know like I, I love disarming a problem that initially kills you yeah. one of my favorite lines in movies ever because it's so fucking relatable and yet such a new idea to say so simply and it's in Drinking Buddies when uh, Olivia Wilde's character says like in a breakup she's like a breakup is a fucking weird thing to do because it's literally the end of the world for you and it's so cliche for everyone else <laughs> so true like, oh my god it's like yeah. like it's everyone goes through it anyone can relate to you yet you're looking around like I don't know how to breathe right now <laughs> like you know her character in that movie that was like yeah. 50 women that I knew back in Chicago yeah. where I was like oh she was so that character is so I like I love Swanburne. Oh, he's and amazing. that character is so yeah. perfectly dimensional because that's the yeah. kind of character you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like warts and all, man. Yep. Because she's rad and she's awesome and she needs stuff and she wants stuff mm -hmm. and she like wants her life to be good. But also there are times when she's just a fucking asshole. Yep. And we all have times where we're just a Dude, fucking asshole. That was that was the I mean like the fucking the table read. Right? I was like. This is also knowing and having empathy of like, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And like, wrong, but everyone in the room, like I did it, say anyone listening, I did a table read of the zombie, like probably like the 30 fucking fourth one I've ever done, but yeah. like, we were all around, and there's this pivotal scene where like, this huge moment where this guy just, they get in an argument, this guy just pretty much takes down her in a strategic move of every part of her character. And then the uh, next- move, yeah, I would say. It is. It is just, it, they both do it, and he just like has been waiting to do this. And like, the next scene I wrote is like, her, he makes a, a small gesture, and then she goes, oh, well, he's trying, and then they talk about it, and it's all fine, well, and good. And everyone in the room was like, I don't know how to say this, that's not how relationships work. <laughs> and here I am, like, no, it, but. That's but not true. there is something about and, that. Oh, of course, but like over the course of like learning about how everyone all this shit, I was like, oh wow, I was really wrong. Because when I finally got over ego, which Brian is, I talked to Brian about it, because Brian is a master at ego and like getting out. Um, we also himself, had... But I was like, oh my god. Like I put it in the script just to try it, and I was like, oh, this is perfect now. I love that. It's perfect. I love that shit, and I love that Billy Small quote. Hashtag Billy Small, the one that you said about that thing that he wrote. Mm -hmm. Unreal. It's fucking unreal, man. Dude, this is perfect. Yeah. This is the exact kind of shit that I want to talk about yeah, on this podcast. Great. Nailed it. All right. I know. To the four listeners. How many yeah. do you have? I don't know. Oh, there's no statistics for that? We can't. We don't have enough subscriptions to... Well, that's going to change. It better. Blow this shit up. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate us below. If you hated what you heard, let us know what we can do better. And also, go fuck yourself. For all other info, please visit www.talesofourfolly.com. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.